Welcome back to Score Tracks, the movie score news and reviews podcast where we review some currently released movie soundtracks and a flashback soundtrack where we take a look at a soundtrack from yesteryear. Uh, my name is Mark. I'm one of the three hosts, and I'm joined by Elaine. Hello. Hello, Elaine. And Tim. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, how are both of you? I'm doing well. Good. Excellent. Um, this episode, we're going to be uh, reviewing Spectre by Thomas Newman. That's the new uh, 007 James Bond soundtrack. Uh, Peanuts by Christoph Beck. And then our flashback soundtrack will be Rudy by Jerry Goldsmith. So let's start off with uh, the first soundtrack of the evening, uh, Spectre by Thomas Newman. Um, thoughts or comments about the soundtrack? Tim? Uh, well, I... I saw the movie before I listened to the soundtrack, so I understood the context of what was trying to be done, which I think gave me a different perspective on it, because I enjoyed it, I appreciated it, um, because it didn't take the route of a typical action movie, much less what you could have done with the James Bond movie. To me, and this is typical for Thomas Newman, there was much more thought behind it and much more uh, variation in the style and the themes. Uh, And I don't mean actual music themes but i mean like the tone um so i enjoyed it and i I like the differences that it had but then again like i said i understand what it was made to go with so i don't know if that changes my perspective or not it might um elaine what's your thoughts on the on the soundtrack i am actually i am uh, one of the people who have not seen specter so um i kind of I listened through it once, and then I kind of went back and listened to and picked a few tracks and went back through it again. Because the first time, I was doing some other stuff while I was listening to it, so I wasn't paying complete attention. But one thing that I noticed was that nothing really stood out to me until... I mean, I thought that um, Donna Lucia was kind of pretty, and then uh, the writings on the wall was, was interesting... Uh, those are a couple of tracks from the Spectre soundtrack, but, um, you know, I feel like I wouldn't, aside from the Bond theme, I feel like I wouldn't be able to distinguish this soundtrack from any other action film soundtrack, you know, which, which isn't to say that it's a bad soundtrack, but, you know, I think it's one of those that works best when you're listening to it within the context of the movie, like, you're actually watching the movie and listening to it, um, as for listening to it on its own, I, I, I wouldn't. Um, I might pick, might pick one or two tracks off of it to listen to, but other than that, um, I kind of, you know, I liked the Bond theme. I mean, I've never seen any, okay, I've never seen any James Bond movies, (laughs) (laughs) so I, you know, I, but I recognize the theme, so I really appreciated it, and I, you know, kind of wish there was more of it, but, um, yeah, that's, that's just kind of my take on it, so, what about you, Mark? Um, I miss, I miss David Arnold, and I miss, uh, Barry, uh, I haven't liked, I didn't really care for Skyfall, and this just seems more the same, the James Bond theme is so iconic, and I, I love it. It's one of those ones like the Mission Impossible theme that, you know, you could just put it in there at any given time during an action sequence and, and, and it works. But it's just, I don't know. I, 
it, it's not. It's certainly not one of my favorite James Bond scores, let alone uh, favorite any type of score to listen to outside of the movie. Now, I haven't seen the movie. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's just it's it's not my cup of tea as far as as far as a James Bond score. I, I want something a little bit more bombastic and over the top than than this. Yeah, and I, I do understand that. I really I get why that would why that would be an impression you could get not having seen it. And I, I probably would have done the same thing. Um, but again, since I saw the context of what was happening in the movie, I thought that it it went together really well. Kind of, I, I think we said this for um, Ant Man, where some of it didn't sound yeah. all that great on its own, but some of it worked really well on the movie. I think it might be a similar situation uh, for me, um, and I'm with you though. I, I mean, I would, yeah. take, I would take David Arnold back in a heartbeat. I mean, immediately, I would love to have him come back oh, to the sure. series. But until that happens, I think that the music that Thomas Newman did for Spectre fit the movie well, in my opinion. Well, I'm sure we're going to be getting something different next time. I, I think the director's gone, and most likely. Daniel Craig's gone, so this this may be it for for Thomas Newman with with James Bond. So we'll have to see what happens after. You were right. saying something, Lane? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I just wanted to ask y'all what other movies has Thomas Newman scored because I feel like I've heard his name before. Uh, um, he's done stuff. His most recent thing, other than Spectre, was Bridge of Spies. He just did. Um. Gosh, he, he's one of those where, like, his name is all over the place, and I'm having a hard time thinking of it right now. Uh, isn't he doing The Good Dinosaur also? You know, I don't know. You got me. But I think I got his I think I think got his name confused with Randy Newman, because I was thinking Possibly. about Toy Story. <laughs> I was like, Newman. Yeah, that's and Randy then Newman. just now, as you've been talking, I've been thinking about it, and I've been like, oh, no, it's Randy Newman. So, yeah. I mean, you, you got the whole family there. You've got Alfred, Randy, Thomas, Joey, Newman. They are all composers, so get, and they're all related. So it's pretty interesting. Really? Oh yeah. Randy, Randy Newman's not related, is he? Yeah, yeah, he is. The singer of Short People and I Love L.A. I don't know. It's just the guy who did. He composed the uh, Toy Cars. Story? Yeah, and yeah, Toy Story and Cars. That's, and, that's, yeah, and he sang the songs for Toy Story. That. He's yeah. related to. He's like a cousin. Yeah, he's related or to all, everybody else. Sorry. Yeah, I think he's like a cousin or something. But yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check this out. Yeah, there's a wonderful interview on Film That's Soundtrack Center sure. with Joey Newman, and I would recommend checking that out. Awesome. That's a what? What site was that? <laughs> That's our sponsor, FilmSoundtrackCenter.com. One of their interviews is uh, yeah, Joey Newman. Excellent. Excellent. Anyway, that's a little off track, but uh, Spectre. Uh, check that out. <laughs> Spectre, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a pass as a as a standalone listen. Okay, Elaine, what? Yeah, me too. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I say see the movie, and uh, based off of that, I, I don't know if I would buy it just to listen on my own or not, but. As far as the purpose of going with the movie, I enjoyed it. So you wouldn't you wouldn't listen to the soundtrack just like say on your way to work or something like uh, probably pleasure. probably a couple tracks, but overall, um, not personally, it did a good job. It's just not what I would choose to listen to. 
Okay. All right, with that, uh, we're going to take our first break. Uh, the music you're about to hear is the track Los Muertos Vivos Están from the Spectre soundtrack by Thomas Newman. And we'll, uh, we'll be back after the break. Okay, welcome back. That was the track Los Muertos Vivos Están by Thomas Newman from the Spectre soundtrack. Our next uh, soundtrack that we're going to be reviewing and discussing uh, for this podcast is Peanuts by Christoph Beck. Um, Peanuts, obviously, is the first time they've had at least a theatrical motion picture, to my knowledge. And and uh, I, it seems like they're really trying to get you know the Peanuts characters back into the forefront because it's kind of languished other than every year it's you know there for halloween and and uh and christmas but uh i have not seen the movie i did listen to uh some of the soundtrack um elaine what was your thoughts i I know that this is one that you really wanted to cover um so what what's your thoughts about the peanut soundtrack by christoph beck well i actually saw the movie for this one (laughs) before i listened to the soundtrack and um the movie is really super cute, by the way. Um, I'm a huge Peanuts fan, so uh, the movie is great. Um, The soundtrack, you know, I feel like for me, there were a couple tracks, I mean, I I feel like it was a a decent soundtrack overall, but I think it was a bit forgettable, except for a couple of tracks. Um, For example, one that we're going to be listening to uh, later on, uh, on another break, is uh, The Carnival slash Linus and Lucy. And that that track actually has the the Peanuts theme that is in all of the, um, the specials and the commercials, you know, with the piano. Um, 
So I like that, and then there's another track called Skating, which I really like. But, you know, Christoph Beck composed the, the score for Frozen. And I recognized his style in this, in Peanuts, which is kind of interesting for me, just because other than John Williams, like, I haven't listened to a lot of um, soundtracks by, that are by the same composer. So I found that interesting, but at the same time, it was also a bit... I don't know, like I said, I feel like, aside from those two, two or three tracks, it was, you know, it was alright. It just, it just wasn't anything, it wasn't spectacular, but it did fit the movie. And I just kind of wish they had incorporated a little bit more of that um, original theme, or at least some more piano motifs into the soundtrack. So... Yeah, kind of iffy. Let me ask you a question because I haven't I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the movie, and, and like I said, I kind of skimmed through the soundtrack. Uh, from what I heard, though, it has a lot of the the originally existing Peanuts music, just based on what I listened to. Is that not the case in the movie? Because I thought that was kind of a good idea to use what people know and what's you know really one of the more the more one of the things the Peanuts is recognizable for is that music. Uh, and, and right off the top of my head, unfortunately, the, the composer or the orchestra escapes me, but uh, I know that, that they use it quite a bit. It's not in the movie that much? Um, are you talking about the piano thing that's like, do, 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 Is that what right, you're talking that, about? Right, that, and then the Christmas music, and then a lot of that stuff. Is it not really in there that much? The main theme that I just dud to dud for you... Um, <laughs> That was not in it very much at all. That was in one scene. Oh, okay. Um, the Christmas part... See, I haven't seen much of the animated specials. So other than that original theme, I don't really remember what the others sound like. So, I'm sorry, I'm not okay. very being very helpful. But, um, Tim, do you remember what they... What they sound like? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, the Vince Guaraldi trio is the one, or is the name of the people who did the. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the um, original music, uh, made with you know Vince Guaraldi really on the piano. I my expectations were to have more piano than there was, and mm-hmm. for there to be more of a recurring themes that Vince Guaraldi came up with. Uh, both of those were kind of thrown out the window as far as I'm concerned. They were definitely did use the themes here and there, and there were piano pieces here and there. Um, but it just didn't, wasn't quite what I was expecting. And with that in mind, like if I had known that going into it, I think I would have had a much better appreciation for it because I, I did like it. Um, not necessarily what I was expecting or what I would have maybe even preferred, but I, I did like what was there. It felt very, and my pun is intended, it felt very animated to me. <laughs> <laughs> so would you recommend listening to it on its own, or? If you're the kind of person who likes that style, then yes, uh, I, I would, but not everyone does. Well, and I think that a lot of, some of the tracks, they're not really distinct enough to... Like, for example, um, 
speaking of animated movies, the How to Train Your Dragon soundtrack. Uh, very oh, distinct yes. to me. I love that one. Like, it has some very distinct themes. Sure. This one does not. Like, there are some tracks that, yeah, you get that, like, like the two that I mentioned, but, you know, otherwise it sounds a little bit more on the generic side. You know, and that's not to say it's not pretty or that it's not enjoyable, but it's not memorable to me. Whereas, like, How to Train Your Dragon, you know, that's, you know, all of that. I mean, of course, I've listened to it a lot of times, but, you know, that's almost all of those, tra- almost every single one of those tracks is memorable to me. Yeah. No, I certainly get what you're saying. And, again, I was hoping to get the Garaldi uh, themes Mm-hmm. in that role um, but you know and, and again knowing if I had known that this would be the case then I think it would have been um, I would have been much more pleased with what I had heard knowing that my expectations shouldn't be in that direction right uh, Mark, so what did you think Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know like I had I had the Vince Guaraldi trio I had the Vince Guaraldi music uh, on my iPod for, for quite some time and it's just one of those situations to where it, it just smells or sounds like Christmas to me. And it's yeah. not one of those things that you can listen to really. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right for me to listen to that music outside of the holiday season. You know, <laughs> yeah, like one you. of my favorite things to listen to in the world <laughs> is John Denver and the Muppets Christmas. I love it. I listen to it every year. It, it brings back memories of me and my mother. Uh, but I can't listen to it outside of that. And so just listening to some of the Peanuts music, it's like, oh, it's Christmas. It's Christmas music. It just, even the general Peanuts theme that Elaine so wonderfully hummed <laughs> reminds, me of, reminds me of Christmas. So it's one of those, it's one of those albums that I, I can't listen to it. You know, I, I can maybe put some of the music on during Christmas time, but even then there's so much other solid, you know, holiday soundtracks that i'd rather listen to so yeah i completely get uh, that I, i'm sure it works great i'm sure Chris, sir christoph beck did the job he was asked to do which was incorporate some of the some of the peanuts themes into it but you know as a soundtrack listening experience uh, i only have so much free time in the day yeah, well, yeah i feel like the, what you were saying about um listening only listening to certain music during the holiday season, Mark is that, that just makes me it makes me think of um, the movie The Grinch Who Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. Like I don't even I I personally don't do Christmas, but I like that movie. But I feel weird watching it any other time of the year except the holidays or just when it gets cold, you know. And I feel like you know so so I understand like associating certain things with a certain time of year. And uh, I'm sure if I had watched the Peanuts um, specials more, I probably would have done something. Yeah, and also, let me just throw in, um, even though we would have liked to have the themes more often or uh, more piano or whatever, I do have to say that when he did use the Linus and Lucy theme specifically, I really liked it. Yeah, he put kind of a, like, he did, he used the drums to kind of... Yeah. Add a little bit, a little bit more, um, make it just a little bit more modern, you know, not too much. Yeah, and he kind of had a, 
semi-climactic transition into that theme, which, I, again, I, I really liked how he handled it. All right, so I guess we've said all there is to say about the Peanuts by Christoph Beck. So uh, <laughs> we're going to take another break. Uh, the music that you're going to hear is the track Carnival Panic slash Linus and Lucy from the Peanuts soundtrack by Christopher Beck, and you can decide for yourself. But again, uh, that was Christoph Beck. Uh, that sound, the, the the track was Carnival Panic uh, slash Linus and Lucy from the Peanuts soundtrack. Um, and we're going to go to our, our flashback soundtrack, uh, which is Rudy. Um, with this, Elaine, our Elaine is our is our window into like the, the newbies of soundtrack, <laughs> and and so we want to make sure with these ones that that uh, typically they're going to be from a classic movie of some sort uh, with a classic soundtrack. And so this is Elaine's first time watching Rudy and uh, first time hearing the the soundtrack with the score. So we'll start with you, Elaine. Uh, Rudy by Jerry Goldsmith in the movie starring uh, one of your favorites because of your Lord of the Rings love, uh, (laughs) Sean Astin. (laughs) So what'd you think of Rudy? Well, I really liked the movie, and I like the soundtrack better now that I've seen the movie. I actually listened to the soundtrack first, because I was, um, I went ahead and put it on my iPod so I could listen to it going to and from classes. Um, but even when, I mean, especially when I watched the movie, I noticed the different themes, and it's a very pretty soundtrack, and I think it works very well, you know, like with with a sports movie, you might not expect to have a score that sounds a little more um, orchestral and um, just pretty. And but I think it, it worked really well with this one, especially because it has such a such lofty themes about you know never giving up on your dreams and. and and also because, I mean, it just fits the, with the aesthetic of the film because Rudy, the main character, he's trying to get on the football team of, of Notre Dame, the Notre Dame Irish, and the Notre Dame school is a religious school. So, you know, it's just, the soundtrack works very well with the movie. And, and the themes are memorable, you know, and they, they really convey... You know, the main theme especially conveys the emotion of, of, of what's going on. So I 
I, you know, after, again, after seeing the movie, I, I enjoy it. So you made me watch a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim, your thoughts? Well, uh, this is kind of typical of Jerry Goldsmith, so it's nothing new here, but I thought it was so extremely smooth. And I, I've known this movie for a long time. I've known the score for a long time. And I just, uh, it, it suits the movie so well. And even beyond that, even if it didn't, it's just pretty music. And it, it's smooth, it's light at times with the strings and uh, the, the action-y elements for the, the more epic moments for the games, the football games that are going on. It's just, it's done so incredibly well. And again, Jerry Goldsmith, we, you know, expectations were there anyway. But yeah, it's, it's a great score. Yeah, Goldsmith. Goldsmith is amazing, you know. And I, and I may have said it before, but or somewhere on social media. But it's kind of unfortunate that that Goldsmith was a contemporary of John Williams because John Williams overshadowed him, in my opinion. But I think Goldsmith is absolutely a genius and a maestro in, in what in what he does. Um, he he could turn just about any movie into gold uh with the soundtrack um you know there there's movies out there that that he did soundtracks for that i have no desire to watch but i'll listen to the soundtrack any day just because it's jerry goldsmith now with a movie like rudy you know he got to he got to really work with with an inspirational movie you know he got to work with with this movie that stood the test of time as far as being you know, a family favorite, uh, a feel-good sort of, you know, don't give up on, on your dreams like Elaine said. And so he really knocked it out of the park with this one. Uh, I, I put it on today when I got home and, and my son was out, you know, surfing the surfing the Internet or whatever, and he, he really enjoyed it. He noted the difference between, you know, how this one has a lot of themes in his mind versus, you know, Spectre, which we listened to uh, as well together, and, and he clearly preferred this one and he has no idea who jerry goldsmith or thomas newman are so you can you especially with the soundtrack the soundtrack really delivers or drives home three or four themes you know fairly consistently so it's a great soundtrack it's a great score to a great movie that that's definitely stood the test of time so uh, if you haven't seen this movie if you have no idea what we're talking about i would certainly watch the movie it's not as accessible as it was nowadays you know it was on netflix forever and that's why we picked it because it'd be easy for lane to watch but it's not there anymore so hunt it down do your best to find it um you definitely you definitely won't regret it it's on amazon you can rent it on amazon on amazon prime oh rent it okay yeah well i think one of the big differences between you point out the Spectre versus um, Rudy. I think one of the differences is Spectre, and this is not downing either one. I'm saying Spectre is a little bit more shallow and a little bit more um, uh, kind of a, a one-track mentality. I, there are variations in it that I really enjoyed, but in general, whereas Rudy, I think, was much more compelling and uh, dramatic, and it really kind of drew you in on a more emotional level, I guess, than. Uh, I don't know how to put it. Just yeah, Tim. Here's the the thing. Here's the thing. I've always, always, I will always pick 
an action soundtrack over anything else. I love action movies. They're my bread and butter. But when you have a movie like Rudy that's not an action movie, but the soundtrack, excuse my French, kicks far more ass than an action movie like James Bond. Right. It, it's a it's a problem it's a problem in the execution, and you know we're just not getting, in my opinion, soundtracks like we used to. We're not getting the same quality of of workmanship of of genius that you know the guys used to do. There's definitely some composers out there who I love mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, Brian Tyler, people may disagree with me or not. I don't know, but I love the guy. He's great. Brian Tyler, Michael Giacchino, um, and unfortunately, that's the only two that immediately pop off the top of my head. James Newton <laughs> Howard's amazing. Alan Silvestri never gets, never gets to do much anymore. But but again, you know, obviously John Williams, you know, but he's he's working on Star Wars. But again, there is no comparison with you know. This is a movie that shouldn't have such an amazing soundtrack, but it did because of the quality of the composer, or he was just let. He, w- he was allowed to do what, what he wanted to do, and they didn't, you know, put him in a little box. Yeah. Well, and I agree with you. Of, like, the mainstream-type composers, um, like you were saying, O'Brien Tyler, Silvestri, uh, Giacchino, John Powell, I think, is another one. Um, there are some really, really great ones out there. But I like what you're saying, where generally, if you go to see a movie, there's, there's one sound that there's a good chance you're going to hear it. Uh, repeated and as that creativity um, and I'm not saying that these composers aren't creative but I'm saying that originality and bringing a unique score that you listen to and you go oh it's for that movie that's not as prevalent anymore and that's something that Jerry Goldsmith was really great at doing well like I was saying about Spectre earlier I've never seen any James Bond movies but you know, I've seen a few action movies, and there is there are very few things, and in fact, there's hardly anything to distinguish this soundtrack from any other action movie soundtrack for me. You know, like, I feel like I could hear it in almost any action movie, and right. that's a problem. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, my point actually works really well with yours is that I I think what's driving the originality and scores is also the originality of the directors. You know, when there's, when there's studio films, you're going to get maybe a generic soundtrack or, or when it's, you know, when it's a franchise, they're going to go with what the needs of the franchise are versus, you know, what ideas a composer wants to do. But if you can, if, when you put a person, you know, like, like I think it was McQuarrie that did um, um, uh, Mission Impossible. Yes, the soundtrack this year for Rogue Nation it was amazing. So, so you've got a you've got a scenario where when a director allows his composer to kind of run loose and they and they have that control, you get amazing stuff. But when it's the studio who's running things more than anything else, then you kind of get sameness you know and and it's unfortunate but it's at least nice to get some gems out there and and i think we've gotten quite a few this year and we'll certainly get one more coming (laughs) up in a in a month or so so gee i wonder which one you could be possibly talking about 
Yeah. Mockingjay. Yeah. That's a good dinosaur movie. Yeah, or. Creed. Now, didn't you say? Uh, although I do that, want to see Creed, don't get me wrong. Now, who did you say was composing the Good Dinosaur? I think that was Thomas Newman. I believe I, I could be wrong. I don't know, but I'll look that up. Just one second. The wonders of technology. I don't think it's just you, you know he's too busy. Do you remember who composed Finding Nemo? Finding Nemo. I think it was Thomas Newman. Yeah, I believe I it was. I could be wrong on that. Oh. I, I think that was Thomas Newman. I think they. I think they pretty much stick almost exclusively to to Newman, Giacchino, and <laughs> Newman. Oh, Newman. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, they stick with Randy Newman. They stick with Michael Giacchino, and then was it Thomas Newman that did the soundtrack? And all right, Finding Nemo and the Good He's Dinosaur were both uh, Thomas Newman. That's correct. Oh, okay. right. So, so Thomas Newman's kind of like. He's one of their go-to guys, just like Jay Kino is. And I don't know if Randy Newman is so much anymore. Um, when they took cars, I don't think they took cars away from him, per se, but he did Cars 1, but not, you know, Cars 2. So, we'll see. All right, well, so we two. all liked Rudy, I take it? Absolutely. Yes. Elaine, what were you going to say about Cars 2? Oh, I was just going to say that Cars 2, I mean, the, the people who were working at Pixar didn't even want to make it, so it's not surprising that the soundtrack right. might be inferior as well. Well, they're doing a third one, so we'll have to see how that turns out also. The soundtrack for, yeah, the oh. soundtrack <laughs> for Cars 2 is amazing. It, it, it's Giacchino. It, it's wonderful. Oh, it is? I'm, I'm going to reach through the phone oh, and, okay. uh, and and point my finger at you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, so right. he was, I, I guess I caught the part where Tim was saying that somebody got pulled off of... Well, the, no, I mean, they didn't necessarily pull him off. It was just Randy Newman, I believe, did did the first cars, and then Giacchino did the second. So okay. uh, I'm not quite sure why they did that. You know, just like, just like Randy Newman did the first three Toy Stories, I think, and I'm not sure who's doing Toy Story 4, but... We'll find out. Well, that that brings up a Ooh, question. So, what, so I'll with ask that, you guys, what? Um, what do you think? I, I have my own personal feelings on this. Um, what do you guys think when they switch composers from one movie to its sequel, in general? Well, it depends I don't upon think it how matters. Good the first it, one was. Yeah, but I, I don't think it matters it, for whatever reason. For whatever reason, it doesn't really feel like it matters if it's an animated movie. I don't know why, but. But for me, it, it doesn't seem to be an issue. Um, well, okay, for anything else, just in general, I mean, not for animation, just for any movie at all. You, you get a sequel, and it's a different composer. And I know it also might be a case by case basis, but generally speaking, well, do you like that or no? It doesn't bother me. Per, it doesn't bother me per se. I mean, I'm trying to think of like franchises that. You know, I, I obviously prefer Jerry Goldsmith's Star Trek albums, but then again, James Horner was damn good for two and three. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it's hard to say. I, I, I mean, we're going to have to look at a at a Star Wars in the future that's not done by John Williams. So, right. I, I don't know. I, as long as the music's fantastic, I, I don't have a problem with them switching it up. It, as long as as long as the the follow up composer follows any themes that have been established in the previous movie, 
I don't have an issue with them changing a composer. Changing a composer. Elaine, what do you think about it? I will say that when there was going to be a Tron Free, which there isn't anymore, darn you, Disney! But um, <laughs> Daft Punk composed the soundtrack for Tron Legacy, and I really liked that soundtrack. And so when Tron 3 was, you know, they were still going to make it, I believe I heard a rumor that Daft Punk had said they weren't going to be composing the soundtrack for Tron 3. And I was disappointed by that because I liked what they did on Tron Legacy a lot. So, but I also didn't get to see who they would have been replaced with because obviously they canceled the film. So, I don't know, I guess it just depends upon... Like, again, how good the first soundtrack was, and whether or not the person who follows, kind of like Mark said, whether they continue to develop those themes. But if they also, you know, if they don't adhere too much to what's gone before, because you don't want to, you know, like, for example, if John Williams doesn't record, doesn't... uh, compose the score for episode 9 or episode 10 for Star Wars. I mean, I hope that whoever the composer is, that he continues the themes that John Williams came up with for episode 7, but that he also, I mean, does his own thing. You know, perhaps within the style of Williams, but he continues to develop and add new things and not just, you know, kind of rehash what's gone before. So, I, I don't know, it's a it's, it just depends on, on different factors for me, I guess. So, so here's the thing for me. Here's my mini soapbox I'm about to go on here. Uh-oh. I, uh, it is on a case-by-case basis. Of course, sometimes they can improve, in my opinion, and get a better score from a better composer the second time. But I really have a big problem when they change it and it is not as good, in my opinion. Like, for example, uh, Red was Alan, or um, Christoph Beck was the first one. And I, I really enjoyed that score. Red 2 was Alan Silvestri. I enjoyed it, but as, now maybe it's just because I'm a soundtrack nerd, but as I'm watching the movie, I picked up on how different it was to me. And I, it, I just didn't quite like it as much. It's still a good score. And, and I love Silvestri. I just didn't, see it as suiting the movie as much as Christoph Bex did. Um, as far as things like Tron go, um, I understand what you're saying about um, Daft Punk not doing it. I would like them to do it too, but if they're not going to do it, um, if I remember correctly, I think they were going to have the the guy who kind of orchestrated it for them on Tron Legacy. Um, uh, once it was like Joe... Uh, Trepanese. As long as he was involved with any future Tron project, you know, I would have been fine with it. Um, I, I've never come into a situation, you know, trying, I guess to wrap this up, I've never come into a situation where I've hated, you know what? Yes, I have. I don't, I don't like the music for Star Trek four. I, I don't, I don't like the, the voyage home soundtrack. It, it, it it's more, I don't know what it is. That, that brings the movie down for me uh, on an otherwise good, good movie. You had Jerry Goldsmith, you had uh, James Horner, and then you get, I don't even remember his name, but uh, I know I know, I know that uh, Leonard Nimoy loved him, so he used him. I think it's Rosenman, maybe? Leonard Rosenman? Not, not a big fan of that score, so yeah, 
I guess there are ones that that when they switch it off, you, you kind of can get let down by it. So, and like I was disappointed to hear that um, Now You See Me Two is not going to have Brian Tyler composing it. Yeah, his score was fantastic for that. I know, I love it, and, and I believe that Steve Jablonski might be the one taking over. And if that's the case, you know, I'm sure he'll do a fine job. I just, I really wanted to hear Brian get another shot at doing Now You See Me in a new way. So, th- like that disappoints me. But you know, then it's again, too big for it now. <laughs> well, like, well, that you know, they can improve. Also, like when I'm not going to mention it, but maybe Brian Tyler took over for somebody else in a score and it got better. So it can go either way. Right. All right. So. Now the soapbox is uh, put away. Um, <laughs> we all we all seem to we all seem to enjoy Rudy and, and definitely the music by Jerry Goldsmith. So with that, we're going to start wrapping up the show. But we like to uh, end the show with a recommendation. Doesn't have to necessarily be a soundtrack recommendation or a movie, although it, it certainly uh, can be. Um, but this is something that uh, we just think that you, as an audience, might enjoy that that we certainly like. So we'll start with. Elaine, Elaine, uh, do you have a recommendation for somebody this week? Yes. Um, I'm going to recommend a movie that I just ordered from Disney Movie Rewards. Uh, it is Disney's Pete's Dragon, which I remember fondly oh. calling when I was younger Pizza Dragon because <laughs> I didn't realize it was Pete's Dragon. Um, it's... It really, it's it's just a good classic Disney movie, and it's funny, and it's a musical, but it's not overburdened with uh, numbers as some musicals are want to be, and it's it's a it's kind of a it's a feel good movie, you know. This is the kind of movie that you want to watch on like a lazy day, or maybe if you're not feeling good, or you just need kind of a, you know, to be, you know, to laugh or something like that. So I recommend Pete's Dragon. Awesome. I, I love Pete's Dragon, and uh, I got to see a little bit of the trailer for the new one, for the remake. Oh. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely uh, one that I watched quite a few times uh, as a child. So that's a good recommendation. Tim, uh, any recommendations from you? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about something else, but you know what? You guys, our conversation changed my mind. I'm going to go ahead and say um, Now You See Me, the soundtrack and the movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, heard it, I recommend both. I like the movie. I love the soundtrack um, by Brian Tyler. And, uh, yeah, I just I, I think it's fantastic. I would recommend that if you're not familiar with it. And if you are, give it another visit. Listen to it again. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I- I'm torn between the two so i'm going to recommend both but they kind of pity you back so uh, i recently bought the shout factory scream factory disc for army of darkness uh starring bruce campbell and music by joseph laduca it's got uh it's got three cuts of the movie it's got the director's cut it's got the universal cut and it's got the international cut and uh i love that movie i love the evil dead slash army of darkness series uh, and also, Ash versus the Evil Dead just premiered recently on on Stars. Um, it's not for the squeamish. It's very funny, but it's also very bloody and gory. Um, but I'm happy to to be back uh, or to get a chance to, to see that world again that, that I've loved very much for a long time. So 
I certainly recommend picking up uh, Army of Darkness by by Scream Factory. And uh, if you have stars, uh, definitely watch the show. It's only a half hour each week, and they've already greenlit season two. And it's definitely fun if you like comedy and horror. So that's my recommendation for this week. Awesome. So now we're going to... We're going to close out the podcast. Uh, the track that we will be closing out the podcast with will be the end credits from Rudy by Jerry Goldsmith. Um, but before that, uh, as always, we'd like to tell you where we, you can find us on social media. Uh, Elaine, where can they find you on, on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at TVEITLIGHT25. Excellent. And Tim, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Trooper underscore five. And it's an awesome Twitter account. I recommend everybody follow unbiasedly. <laughs> I agree. Except, <laughs> except for when they sub, subtweet people. Yeah, it's okay. And then uh, <laughs> for my for myself, you can follow me on Twitter at Riddlemarks, G-R-I-D-D-L-E-M-A-R-K-S. And with that, uh, we want to thank you very much for listening to us. And also, Tim. Uh, our sponsor. Uh, where can they where can they find uh, uh, our sponsor for the podcast? Sponsor is the Film Soundtrack Center. You can find their website at uh, filmsoundtrackcenter dot com. They've uh, they got put up reviews and interviews with composers and a bunch of cool stuff. So uh, that worth checking out there. And also, don't forget to follow on social media the official Twitter account for the show, which is at Score Tracks. And if you feel like uh, dropping us a note, either. Uh, recommendations for the show or comments or you want to have something you want to comment read on the show or whatever um, multiple ways you can contact us you can uh, send us a tweet through the Twitter account or any of us personally our own accounts uh, there's a contact form on the website which is you can find the website through our Twitter account um, and use the contact form let us know we need our own Johnny Grasso so uh, any comments would be awesome oh gosh <laughs> You just said that name, and then it's like Beetlejuice. Don't say it anymore. Uh, or Bloody Mary, either one, or Candy Man. Or, or, who knows? Anyways, thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next time. Bye-bye.